0: Okay, Soho Radio. This is The Thread here with Nick and Alex. And um, yeah, you heard a track by Ronald Lungestrat in the middle of the night and some guitarists as well. Um, Nels Klein, which you're a particular fan of, Alex.
1: Yeah, the the record he just released was last week. And I've always rated Nels Klein as a guitar player. I think he's really innovative. He uses pedals in a, in a way that I love. Uh, you'll know him if you know the band Wilco. And he turns up in a lot of, like heroic jazz bands i think he does some stuff with Modesky, martin and wood uh but this record in particular i really it came out last week and i really i really recommend it i listened to it the other day and first listen i was just like yes so good um it's weird i've got headphones on usually we don't have headphones on but the reason i have headphones on is we have via zoom via technology our uh our guest has joined us from new york and it is an honor, and it is a pleasure. We've been waiting for this day to to introduce to you Ilhan Urshahin. How you doing, man?
2: I'm all right. I'm all right. Actually, I just kind of woke up late, but I'm all right. <laughs> talk talking about Nels Klein. I mean, before he introduced me and stuff, he he actually plays in my clubs a lot.
1: I I you know it's funny because when we put the when we put the track on, Nick's like, oh, this kind of makes sense to play right before. Um... Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right, right <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, cool. we played Tank and the bangers as well. Um, just we were queuing up all the all the the technology to get you on. But when when Nels Klein came on in that previous segment, we were like, oh, this this makes sense to play before you. Have, have you played with him?
2: I haven't played with him actually. I play a lot with uh, Dave Harrington, who's like in the same bag a little bit. You know, Dave.
0: Yeah.
2: Dave. Dave had that band with Nicholas Jar called dark side, but they was doing a lot of like that kind of guitar improvisations and I don't know what to call it. Like the, it's jazzy, but it's also rocky. Cosmic. And it's also psychedelic. Yeah. yeah. Cosmic is a good word. <laughs> so, I mean, but Nels plays a lot with different units and different things. And he's always great.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted to, I mean, it, it, it's, it's an interesting time to speak to you. Um, I I'd love to go through, like through your kind of history of you arriving to New York and and what you've started, but firstly, let's just talk about now. I mean, as a as a New Yorker who's, you know, um, who's I, I imagine you're you're Swedish Turkish, so I imagine you weren't born in the states, you know. So you you're over there. A global pandemic hits. You own music venues and a record label and are a musician. You're getting kind of. Hit from every corner by this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, there's really not a, an ounce of you that isn't getting affected. I'm, I'm wondering how you're coping these days and um, what's keeping you sane and um, and optimistic.
2: I mean, I think i mean, I've been focusing a lot on music actually, because I mean, I always focus on a lot on music. But you know, when the clubs are open, I'm the I'm the one doing the booking. So it's like three places I'm doing bookings. It takes a lot of my time. So in a way, I definitely had more time on my hands this, this last few months, but I've been doing, I've been working a on, on new blue records actually. And also on some of my own projects, mixing and writing and I'm going to the studio. And I, I was actually in, I was in Sweden for a minute and I was in Turkey for almost three months. And I was in Brazil for three months. So out of those eight months, I, I was actually away almost for six months. I was three months in Brazil, three months in Turkey, a couple of weeks in Stockholm. So I actually just been in New York in a way. Yeah, so uh, like d- two months out of this.
1: For any, uh, probably didn't um, do the intro good enough. For anybody listening, you own New Blue, the venue. You said venues. What what, what other venues? I do mean, you
2: look- I opened New Blue two thousand and two. And then three years ago, I opened a, n- a new place on the same street. So I've named that Nublu as well. <laughs> so the so the old one became Nublu Classic, and the new one is Nublu. And then the on the Nublu. second, <laughs> yeah, new new. I mean, so and then, and that being that is Nublu. The old one is Nublu Classic. A is spelled N-U-B-L-U. To so you, you don't know. And on the second floor of the of Nublu. It's a place called Studio 151 where it's more like a cocktail bar, but we also have some acoustic things up there. So those are the those are the venues. And I'm actually I'm actually now because of this pandemic time and I'm changing the old new blue, the new blue classic, to radio new blue. So I'm gonna try to do like you guys, have like a radio station, but at the same time a bar, cafe and also streaming and having some DJs doing sets basically.
0: That sounds really cool. That sounds yeah. yeah. Um I mean Soho Radio that we're broadcasting from right now they're they're planning to come to New York as well so it bodes well for the city if you're doing stuff and you know we we hear these we, these horror stories I mean obviously every major metropolis is being hit so so badly by this yeah. by this by this crisis but um but how how are live music venues continuing to uh find a way are they getting um uh government support at all or is it very much um i mean everyone fend for yourself
2: yeah i mean most places are closed i have a couple of friends i know vanguard and, and blue note some other places they do like live streaming and stuff but no one yes. is really they're just making that to keep the name the and the vibe yep. going you know I mean, we're all waiting. We have a group. We have a Zoom group that we meet every Thursday, which is 150 club owners and managers meet yep. and try to organize and talk and try to get senators to sign off on a relief package that mm. been on the, in the talks for months. Mm. So everybody's kind of waiting. And I, I talked to a couple of friends yesterday who owns venues as well. And they everybody's like, if that relief package doesn't come within two three months we're out you know so yeah mm.
0: so as of so yet no no help at all from the government
2: nothing history. i mean everybody yeah. got the individual if you have unemployment or there was a moment when in the two first months everybody got uh in new york state at least they got their personal weekly you know help basically but that ended and yeah everybody's like kind of living on spaghetti and butter you know It's kind
1: of crazy.
2: I I mean, New York city, you know, like being in Manhattan, I mean, London is also a busy town, but you know, New York, I've been here 30 years and it's like, it's crazy. After 9 PM, it's like, it's not even a car. You can't even get a taxi. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's dead
1: basically. It it, it is heartbreaking to hear that, that there's no, I mean, you know, being here, I'm, I'm an American in, in London. um, And so I, I speak to a lot of friends and family back home and, um, yeah, it's just like you know, in London it, we're we're a melting pot. You know that, and and I talk to a lot of Europeans living here and Brits that live in here that are you know clenching their fist at the at the Tory government or are upset the way that they've handled it. But it's 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 really nothing compared to over there. I mean, we we had some help. Um, we've had some help, and at least there's some communication. I hate I hate to hear that you know you're all eight months on still thinking about you know can can we get some relief here? Oh, yeah. because because is, because it's closed and and <laughs> what do you expect yeah. people to do exactly
2: have you been I mean, doing I, any I, yeah, sorry. I, I mean right now if you go out here especially in new york soho district and downtown i mean it's like every other place is either closed or for rent or they are closing i mean it's it's kind of it's like a war zone kind of yeah
0: have you been um, doing any live streaming at all from the venue
2: you know what? I haven't, you know, I've been kind yeah. of not only lazy about it, but it's also like the, cause my new is a little bit. I, it's, it's been hard to set it up somehow, you know, yes. for me. Cause of course like just e- economy of it. I need, yep. I need a sound man. I need somebody to open a venue, even if it's like no audience, but it's like, it's a cost. Hmm. And I just know like our audience it would really take some time for them to get used to and start going yes. online and paying for it you know we don't have that blue note crowd and the yes you know we're more like the the underground it's a, side it's of, a standing side crowd, of things crowd, you know? yeah but i mean but I'm, i am thinking about it and i know at some point soon i have to do it so it's yeah. definitely a, a daily thing that so comes up in my head
1: before all this you said that we're an underground crowd i mean what's a you know what Pretend none of this happened. What's a normal week at, at New Blue? Uh,
2: booking wise, or you mean?
1: Yeah, booking wise, uh, attendance wise. What's the scene? Because Nick won't shut up about your venue. <laughs> it's his favorite. <laughs> I venue mean, in the
2: world. I have to say it's it's a very exciting venue, you know, because it's a. I mean, it's run by me, but I, the people who who are with me, the staff, have been with me for fourteen years, so it has that feeling of you really coming to. A friendly place you want to hang out with rather than like doormans and ids and you can't do this you can't do that you know i mean it's like a little bit looser than other places so i feel like people do feel at home and then it's also has become a place where a lot of things unexpected happens it's not just like you come and see a show at nine o'clock and then 10 o'clock and then 11 o'clock there's a later band or you go home or it's a dj it's a little bit it can be an extra set in the end and and many times people come and jam and we have a lot of exciting bands and musicians coming in, like many people that play in the bigger venues after the show, they come and hang out there, they come and jam with the band that's there. And so a lot of things happen somehow. And and it's also the way I book. It's it's very, every day is kind of like a different thing, but it's always creative and interesting musicians. You know, I mean, it can be, we can have a week of of some jazz legends, the next day Nels Klein, like like I said, and on every Monday we have uh, a jam session led by Ray Angry, who's the keyboard yes, player of the, the roots. roots, of, yeah. the roots mm. of the roots. And his jam sessions are like every Monday. It's crazy because he has like anybody from Common to Quest Love to Anderson Park coming in and jamming and jumping up on stage. And it's like so Mondays are have been amazing the last two years and then so, so, so it's a club that like in that vibe
0: you know i think the way that you 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 mix kind of live live musicians and club culture djs so so yeah. successfully and and so many places haven't done that and and yeah. not just that but i love the fact that you put the stage in the middle of the room whose idea yeah, was, who was whose idea was that
2: <laughs> it was it was my idea because the old Nubler they opened 2002 is it's much smaller but there I wanted the, the, the band to be close to the audience without having that thing, like standing on stage and clapping. I mean, you, you, know, you know actually what, what, it, what, it, what it came from a lot? I actually met Ornett Coleman. I went to his house. Hmm. Wow. Right before I opened New Blue, and we started talking about music and it was like, it was supposed to be a 10 minute meeting. And I was there for like eight hours or something. Was, Can I stop was, you
1: there? I mean, was this was this a situation where you're like, I've got to I've got to find a way to meet this man and you and you just kind of you made it? happen? No,
2: it, it, was, it was this weird long story. Actually, it was a drummer friend from Turkey who knew him, but he knew him in a very weird situation. He used to be the economy minister for like the president or something in the '80s, late 80s. And he was like, I'm going to quit my job and go and meet Ornette Coleman. So he came here, I think late 80s or something. He just knocked on on Ornette's door. And then he started living there for five years. They became like best (laughs) friends. It's like (laughs) a kind of bizarre story. And then 10 years later, the guy came back. And then he was just like, Ilhan, let me bring it to Ornette. He was like, are you serious? And then we just went. There. He just buzzed on his buzzer, and Onet was like, "I'm not feeling so good today. Let's meet tomorrow." He was like, "No, no, no, no. I want to meet you now." So like, okay, stay ten minutes, and then we stayed eight hours. <laughs>
1: that's,
2: that, that's basically this Was like totally not planned or anything. But anyway, in that way, when we when we met and talked that day, I kind of had that in my mind, and then Onet said exactly that to me. He was like. You know, that, that's what I think is wrong with jazz and music. Like, you're standing on the stage, everybody's looking at you and clapping after each solo. He said, it's so conservative and it's not art, you know. So, so then I was like, man, I'm opening a club. And they, it was like, I think I was just opening two weeks later or something. I said, like, that's exactly what I want to do. Not have a stage, having the band just play in the middle of the room and people kind of, like, standing around, walking around, sitting around however the night develops. So he kind of confirmed the, the idea and then I stuck with it. So then when I opened the new Blue, which is a bigger space, I designed it so the stage is in the middle and behind the stage there are like stairs going up to a mezzanine. So you can sit behind the stage and there's yes. a mezzanine around the looking down to the stage. So that's where the idea came from. Yeah, but yeah, talking yeah. but talking about club culture, actually I, I didn't say that when when I say booking bands, but for me it's always been as important to book a DJ. So I always have a DJ before <laughs> and in between the bands and after the bands yeah. but, but I, I never programmed as it's like many places especially I guess everywhere I are gonna say especially in Europe they usually have live music and then the DJ be, begins you know so I always feel that when I play in Europe sometimes it irritates me because I feel it's almost like now the boring live musicians are playing and then after the DJ comes on and now we're going to have fun.
0: <laughs>
2: you know what I mean? So I feel like so that's, so that's always what I've been trying to do, to really mix it up to even uh, until 4 a.m. It's like live band, DJ, live band, DJ, like switching off sets, basically. Yeah.
0: Well, it's so successful. And like Alex says, I can't stop shutting up and telling everyone about it because I <laughs> well, I, thank you. I thank always you. say yeah, I indeed. wish I wish London had a place like that because because we don't. And um, the programming is so relentlessly inventive. And the area of Manhattan has been known for, you know, waves of gentrification, you know, in, in recent years. And, and this is yeah. something that's uh, holding on to the spirit of, of what that area
1: was always known for. So, uh,
2: yeah, we commend you true. for it. Yeah, thank you.
1: I was going to say, on that topic you, you say you moved to new york what 30 years ago is that what you said
2: yeah man it's 30 i can't believe it i came here in 1990
1: and how often you get back to turkey um and yeah a two two part question how often you get back to turkey um and how what are some of the changes in in new york that you've seen that you that you maybe like and don't like
2: I mean, New York changed. New York is, is this place that it changed a lot, you know? Like, when I go back to other places in the world, they don't change, mm. which is nice too. But, I mean, I mean, the jazz scene has changed and the, like I said, gentrification in Manhattan has been heavy. But, I mean, it's also, it's not only, I don't want to be one of those guys who said like that it used to be better before, because I do feel like East Village particularly, I mean, for a while, it was just like a, junkyard you know i mean you couldn't even walk on some street because it was dangerous and was junkies and it was not easy at all and then and then it kind of went to in the 90s it looked like everything was going to be gentrified and yuppified but then somehow it turned back so now i feel like it's a lot of Independent stores, a lot of people doing like little their own ice cream shops, their own bread shops, their own mm. cafes. This just kind of went back to. I mean, I, I feel like East Village, especially, it's it's has it's really cool right now. It's even, in that sense, cooler than Brooklyn in many ways. Because Brooklyn really took off and became gentrified like super fast. Mm. Of course, Brooklyn is huge. There's like you know a million neighborhoods there, so it's not like everywhere. But uh, I guess now those dents, you know, like September 11, and now, now this, after this COVID times, you know how it goes down and then it takes a few years to become gentrified again. So hopefully there's gonna be a few good years coming. I'm hopeful.
0: Well that's uh, that, that's reassuring to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's get on to the the record you've just released a new Istanbul sessions record. Istanbul sessions yeah. we know from when you kindly came and played at Ronnie Scott's uh, for us and blew everyone away, blew the blew the people of London away with your uh, you. amazing amazing set and it's it's always been a, com- a combination of different sounds, you know, the traditional Turkish sounds and psychedelic yeah. and jazz and, and rock at, at points and things like that. And this this record yeah. continues that tradition. Um, uh, do you want to uh, talk a little bit about the process of making the album and then maybe we'll play play a sure. track?
2: I mean, when you asked me before, like, how often I go back to Turkey and stuff, I've always been going to Turkey in the summers and stuff, you know, with my family. But then I started in the 90s. I started going there like to a festival here and there like once a year or once every two years, I think at least once a year actually. But then I always went with American musicians, I always brought American band. And then I remember, was it was like early 2000 when I was like, man, I have to start playing with Turkish musicians. And then I started playing with, with more of the Turkish scene. And it was really exciting because it was amazing musicianship and amazing players. And then, then I started a band called Wonderland with a great and then we started that band and then a few years later I started this Istanbul Sessions. So since then I've been going more and more because then we started playing in clubs and festivals and I became like our name grew in the booking world there. So I had had many years when I used to go once a month to Turkey and then I actually opened a Nublu in Istanbul. So for five years I had a Nublu in Istanbul. I think that was from 2009 to 2014. And then, uh, so then I was there basically a month, a week every month. And uh, so this band, Istanbul Sessions, that we just released this album from, it was kind of like uh, it's the sound I was looking for, I guess, it was like my New York background. Mixed with maybe some Swedish background, I don't know, <laughs> and then and then adding the Turkish vibe from, especially from the percussion player, who who really is the more traditional. Yeah, I mean, traditional. He's still very himself. There's no one else that plays like him, but he uses like the instruments that are traditional. I would say not. It's not the way he's playing. So that's what we, I mean. The, the idea was basically to make and make a band that has doesn't sound like somebody else. That really has the, our own thing. It has a little bit of Turkish flavor, but at the same time, contemporary jazz or fusion or whatever you might call it, because we all, we all, you know, love everything from from weather report to all the new trends in music, you know. So it basically it became a natural flow somehow with that band, and yeah, now the new record just came out, and it's doing okay because we're on a few Spotify lists. You know, that's the only thing that matters these days. <laughs> gosh if, you, if you're on a spotify list so
0: well it's a fantastic listen let's um hear one of the tracks you chose uh well we have the whole album here but yeah. you chose i think you believe i uh, believe you chose aslan and huri mitani which one would you like to hear uh,
2: you can play aslan let's play aslan okay okay cool thank you
0: Okay, that was Aslan from Ilhan's new Istanbul sessions. Uh, fantastic record, yeah. And we were we were just talking off air about uh, getting back to Istanbul and just and and the scene out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. For for anyone that hasn't been to the town, can you uh, can you give them a a, a good reason to go?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's a very exciting town. It's a beautiful town. It's probably one of the most. I mean, not all of it, of course, but like the main. Famous neighbourhoods and stuff. It's really like, I mean, I think it's as beautiful as Rio in many ways. But uh, the thing is, like, if you go to Istanbul and you don't know anybody or you don't know which neighbourhoods to go to, it's very easy to get lured into, like, the the tourist neighbourhoods. And, and those are not very fun, I think. Usually, yes. it's kind of people trying to hustle you on the street and try to sell you this, and the restaurants are not as good, you know. So they are... I'm mean, let's say out of 50 neighborhoods, maybe there are like six that are super cool and super nice. And many of them are just residential. So you don't really go there. So it's good to get advice basically and really read up before you head into Istanbul, I think. But I mean, nightlife is a lot of, I mean, not obviously not right now, but there's a, there's a lot of everything. There's a lot of music, there's a lot of clubs, there's a lot of uh, amazing restaurants, amazing cafes. You can
1: take different trips every day, basically. Um, so, you, um, I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions about here, you here, because you have a record label and a venue and lead, lead bands. I imagine you're quite an organized person and you planned things, right? You, you, you plan tours, you book a venue and all that. You've just released this record, yeah. um, but we're in this, we're in this time of you can't plan anything more than a couple hours ahead. Um, what, what are your hopes for this record? Are you are you starting to reach huh. out to venues? Uh, what, what are you... What
2: actually, are you actually, I'm not very organized. <laughs>
1: who, who is? Yeah, <laughs> Who's yeah, <working>
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really not a very organized guy. I'm trying every year to become better. But You've got a good I'm team, important. then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the clubs are definitely... I have a great manager and a great team that does the deliveries and hire the person. So I'm not dealing with that. I am dealing... Just with the music part of it, which is the savior, I think. But I mean, otherwise, I mean, this record, yeah. I mean, to be honest, we recorded this with uh, Tommaso, a great uh, mixer producer in Milano. We, we, this, we decided to record it there in his studio, and uh, so it was in the making when this thing happened, when the pandemic happened. So we didn't, so we, we didn't really have any. I mean, instead of waiting like holding it for another year and see if it's gonna get better than the tour now we were like fuck it let's just release it and see where it goes kind of a thing but you know when you do an album and it feels hot it feels fresh it is boring mm-hmm. to yeah, you don't want to
0: sit, you don't you, want to sit just, on it
2: yeah yeah sit on the tape for another year just wait so it, was, so it gave us some excitement to work on uh, you know from the album cover to the mixes to the mastering you know we sent, sent it back and forth to the band members and to our manager in, in istanbul just to so we just decided to release it, basically.
1: Yeah, when we had a new buy-on, she had just released a record and she was like, yeah, but, you know, this record's new for everybody, but I recorded it last year. So for me, it, it's strange. Um, and that, that that's kind of never-ending with musicians, isn't it? I guess that's that's why everyone loves gigging so much, because the gig is happening in the moment.
2: Yes, yeah, for sure. And also, like, your your head is always in a little different place, unless you you one of those guys that plays the same kind of music every year. Like you, you stand up you play standard jazz, it doesn't really matter when you record it and you just choose different standards somehow. Mm. But I think if you do new music and the moment is definitely very important, you know. So I'm actually I'm actually working on three different albums right now with different projects and so I'm trying to keep that going instead of thinking but I'm gonna be creative when I can tour again or stuff like mm-hmm. that, I'm just kind of keeping it going.
0: It's probably the sanest way of operating right now. Just just immerse yourself in the, in the creative side and, you know, try not to worry I mean, about I, the rest.
2: I think so. otherwise you become like, you know, sitting at home being a little bit depressed and watching Netflix kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's hard for everybody, but I think you have to push yourself these days to, to especially the creative side well like you guys i'm sure you're having fun with the radio station now right it's like
0: it's good to get out of the house we can't lie exactly.
2: Uh, mm. <laughs> exactly
1: it is a highlight
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, well, Ilhan. Anyway, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Um, thank you so much for your time. And we're, we're, we're such fans of of what you do. So so please thank keep you. please keep the label up. Please keep the great stuff you're doing with the label and and the venue. Yes. We we hope that there is some recovery coming uh, in terms of funding from the government. You know, these places are so important to the thriving of all of us. No.
2: And, and um, thank you, guys. I mean, I feel like we just start talking a little bit. So anytime. I'm back here talking to you guys.
0: <laughs> we appreciate it and we hope to see you uh very soon in London with uh, this uh playing the music of this fantastic new record. And with that we're going to um we're going to play a track out. Um let's go with Huri Mitani. Would you like to say okay. why you um why you chose that one?
2: I mean it was I mean those two was actually the two singles and and we also right. have a vid- video out from Huri Mitani. It's kind of like catchy radio, EFL. I felt. Got it. Know? Yep. That's that's the
1: we we only we only play really catchy hooky music, so you, <laughs> exactly. you've come to the right place.
2: <laughs>
0: Excellent. See you next time, Ilhan. Take okay. care of yourself.
2: I see. I see you guys. Cheers. Hopefully, we have a beer soon at New Blue. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Cheers, man. All right. Okay. Ciao.